Hi, this is David Orlovsky. Welcome to episode 13 of the Rabbi Orlovsky Show. I knew it was there someplace. And whether you're listening um, through my website, rabbiorlovsky.com or torahanytime.com or from YouTube or iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where people listen to podcasts or watch podcasts, we're happy to have you with us. Uh, on this episode 13. Now, I just came back from a trip to America, and this is significant, particularly for you. I did a Shabbos in the Good of Madison with Reverend Reisman, and I spoke um, Sunday night in Passaic, uh, organized by one of my former Talmudot in Nava, who set everything up. Um, I spoke uh, in Minneapolis, then I went to the Young Israel Baal Haba, and um, I came back for Shabbos. And, and the reason this is so interesting is because as I was going over the trip, I realized the entire trip was organized by listeners from this podcast who heard I was coming in, and it was actually on the November trip, and certain dates didn't work out, and they moved it to here. And this entire trip, an entire week that I spent in America was organized by you. And uh, I appreciate you listening, I appreciate you watching, and you participating. Um, and uh, similarly, uh, similarly, I uh, just wanted to point out, I will be in America the first Shabbos in February, so if you want something in the last week of January, first week in February, I'll be there. I'll also be there uh, the week of um, uh, February 17th, that week over there. I have uh, some dates available still, and, um, and it's always a pleasure to be able to meet you. I just went out to eat with somebody last night, and two people came over from two different places in the world, telling me that they watch and enjoy the podcast, and that's very interesting. And I've received dozens of emails telling me about how much people enjoy the podcast. And then last week, within an hour, I received two emails both of which are interesting, and I will explain to you why I think this is interesting. I'm reading them uh, in, your, in, in its entirety. I've been following your weekly pa- Parsha Shear since your first one. I've just finished listening to number 11, and I'm finding something very disturbing, namely the fact that you refer to the Shear as the, quote, Rabbi Orlovsky show. Yeah? In all probability... It's not appropriate for me to give Musser. However, I feel compelled to mention the following. No matter what you want to call this half-hour shear, Divrei Torah and Shiram are not a show. Last week, the sign was hung uh, upside down. This week, it was right side up. By the way, that's all my producer does, uh, does all that, and that's his creative uh, contribution. Yeah, You may have a great sense of humor, Yes, I do, which your listeners may well appreciate, which they do, but you are not giving over a comedy show. You are giving over Divrei Torah, Divrei Hashkafa, and words of inspiration, which all come under the heading of a shir. People who listen to your shir are doing so out of a desire to listen to Divrei Torah, etc., and they have an appreciation for your manner of delivery and want to improve and grow from what they learn. Again, I would like to reiterate that I am not qualified to give Musser, so please forgive me for writing the following. By calling this shear the Rabbi Orlovsky show, you are doing a disservice to yourself as you are saying that a shear um, 
that, that you are saying a shir and not putting on a show. Secondly, if it's possible, uh, it is possible that the chashivas of Divrei Torah is being lessened in the eyes of your listeners. When a shir, Divrei Torah, and Hashkafa become a show, people who want to listen to a show have their ways to find what to listen to. You are rav, giving over Divrei Torah, Hashkafa, etc. Definitely not a show, in quotes. And what you give over should be straight, a stra- strengthened for what it is and not to be littled as a show. Now, I don't know if you figured this out, but this person does not like the fact that I call this a show. I don't know if you picked that up. That was, I think, if I had to sum up this email, he does not like the fact that I call it the Rabbi Olavsky show. I should rather call it the Rabbi Olavsky sheer. Here's the second email. I was very disappointed, very is in capitals, um, in hearing this so-called sheer, so-called sheer, which is really an obituary on Rabbi Goldman. It was Rabbi Gottesman. I expected to be learning Torah, not this. You should have titled it as such. In the future, I hope that if you decide to do something um, that you will, like this, that you will give it the correct title so that the listeners can decide for themselves if they want to hear it. So, this person is making it clear that I wasted his time. And I am over Genevis Das by um, indicating that this was a sheer, and he felt that giving a hespid is not a sheer. Now, this is kind of tricky because you can find in the svarim of many great people that they included the hespedim that they said. Yeah? So we could argue whether or not a hespid is the very Torah or not, but this person was very disappointed that I wasted his time. And that I should have called it as such. Now, I don't know. I looked at the YouTube. I, I look at the YouTube, and I see that the title of the shir was In Memory of Rabbi Moshe Geisman Zatzal. It says that on the thing, so I think that's pretty indicative of what the nature of this is. But both of these emails cut to the heart of something that I think is more fundamental. Now, the person who's giving me Musser, even though he's not giving me Musser, says that he's been watching since episode one. Now, I would like you, the listeners and watchers, to watch and listen to this excerpt from my first episode one of my first podcast. This is about two-minute excerpt, yeah, from my original podcast. Take a look at this. There is something beyond a Torah class. There's something beyond the shir. There's something beyond uh, that formal presentation. And, and I have this impression, and again, bear in mind, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, but I have in mind uh, that that's probably what some of these podcasts are. They're probably people who are interesting and actually do something in real life, and then they take out time to uh, broadcast some of their thoughts on a particular subject, sometimes a, a practical subject, sometimes probably just their thoughts on life. I really don't know. Please bear in mind, I don't know what I'm talking about, yeah? But I thought that might be a fun thing to do. So here's the, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to try to do. This is the first one. This is podcast number one. I, I travel around and I do speak, you know. But uh, this is the only soapbox I have. This is the only opportunity I have to be able to share my concerns, 
and my thoughts, possibly solutions. But anyway, as, as, as we spend this time together, this is it. You, you are going to be my online community. <laughs> and who knows, maybe one day we'll meet in person. And you'll say to me, I've really followed your talks. I, I call them talks rather than shroom. I followed your talks. I followed your ideas. I found them fascinating. Here's a check. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, a sharing, a sharing of ideas, an opportunity to talk. We'll have guests. I don't know what we're going to do, sort of refreshments. I tell you the truth, I'm really outside <laughs> of my comfort zone over here trying to do this. But, you know, we want to expand it a little bit. Now, I hope you noted a couple of dramatic quotes that I said. Number one, this is not a sheer. It is not a sheer. It is a podcast. It is a show. It is the Rabbi Orlovsky show. It is not a sheer. I have shirim until any time. And I said, what's the difference between this and a sheer? And I explained what it was. You can watch the entire episode if you like, just to double check. And I explained very clearly that that's not what this podcast is about. It is about me sharing my thoughts. Now, sometimes those shorts will be... Let's try this in English. Sometimes those thoughts will be about Divrei Torah because I like learning Torah. I enjoy learning Torah. I was once a scholar in residence in a uh, hotel for Pesach, and it was agreed how many shurim I would give. And some of the girls who were seminary girls who were acting as babysitters said, we can't go to your shurim because we're watching the kids at that time. Could you give us another shir? And so during Chalamoid at night, when they had off, I gave another shir. And the owner of the hotel said, this wasn't part of our agreement. I, I guess she was worried I was going to charge extra money or something. And I said, it's okay. I like talking about Torah. So very often, as I spend this half hour sitting in my living room, yeah, um, looking out at all of you, I will share with you thoughts of Torah because I enjoy talking about Torah. But that's not all I'm going to talk about. And if I feel like talking about a Rebbe of mine who was also an important part of my family who died, and I want to talk about that, I'm going to talk about that. And if I want to talk about my grandchildren, I'm going to talk about my grandchildren. And I may, in future episodes, bring them out here, and perhaps we will sing or dance. Yeah? In a, in a, in a sheer, I'm always careful to wear my tie. I'm not going to wear my tie today because this is not a sheer. This is a podcast. Not only that, but I might just do a magic trick. Look at that. Is that amazing? Sure. Because this is not a sheer. Please do not confuse with a sheer. That a person's going to write me an email with a taina on me? You're not paying for this. This is for free. It's just me sitting in my living room and talking. And you have a taina on me that I wasted your time on a free podcast? Now, if you want to come to a shear and pay me money, and I give an official shear, and then you want to complain that there wasn't enough Torah content, okay, I understand. I, it doesn't make a difference. I'm going to do the same thing I do anyway. But, but at least I understand where you're coming from. Because uh, you thought that it was going to be a shear. It was advertised as a shear. This is not a shear. Have no tinies on me. This is a show. I'm going to talk. And I said in that original podcast, I will talk about any subject that I find interesting. Just random thoughts. Things that are important to me. Yeah? Perhaps I will share with you my mother's recipes. My mother was an excellent cook. She used to make a flesh of vegetable soup that was out of this world. Take a big pot, at least eight quarts, put it in the flanket, 
Then cut up, let's say, three onions, three uh, zucchini, about six carrots, cut them up, bring it to a boil. After about, I don't know, hour, two hour, add in a small package of frozen mixed vegetables, half a cup of barley, half a cup of mixed beans, bring it to a, a boil, cook it until the beans get soft, and then add in some salt and pepper. It's out of this world. Whenever I make it, my kids say it reminds me of snow. Because whenever it would snow here in Yerushalayim, I would make that soup. Now, did I waste your time? Very possibly. If you make the soup, you will think differently. Yeah? Before Purim, I hope to share my mother's uh, stuffed cabbage recipe. But, but the point is, that's okay. It is legitimate. That is what this is. It is a show where I am sharing my ideas. I will also include Divrei Torah because that's important to me. But if you have a taina on me... So I wrote back this fellow. I said, you're right. It's not a sheer. I'm sorry I wasted your time. And don't ever watch again. So he says, oh, why are you telling me not to watch? I said, because you're going to turn around with a taina if you decided there wasn't enough covered, there wasn't enough Torah content. And somebody else is going to be upset with me because there's not enough covered Torah. This is not a sheer. This is just me sitting in my living room talking to you about how I feel about life. Now you want to follow me uh, when I give shurim around? Uh, they have shurim of me up on Torah anytime, they have other places. That's fine. That's legitimate. But you can't come to me with a taina because I decided to talk about something else on this podcast. I, I might share with you some wonderful stories from my childhood and from my background, you know, places I've been, things that I've done. Yeah? I might just sing. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, it, but do not watch this show with a taina on me. Because if so, then for sure this is not for you. Okay? That's all. I just wanted to share those thoughts with you. They are covered by um, random thoughts that I mentioned. I said that I have ADD. I said that I will talk about different topics. And if I choose to talk about somebody in my family, or a family member, or somebody who are, who's close to me, or a neighbor... With somebody that I met in the supermarket or sitting on a plane, I will share that information with you. Now, I just came back from America, and um, when I was in Passaic, uh, the topic I was given is the meaning of the month of Teves. Now, it's still the month of Teves, so this certainly still applies. And I explained that Teves is one of the three months that was given over to Esav. Tammuz of and Teves. It's not a considered a particularly good month. And certainly in America at this time of year, the influence, the Gaisha influence is dramatic. Yeah? Um, Rav Moshe Shapiro, uh, I'm not sure what the source of this story is, yeah? but Rav Moshe Shapiro said that, uh, that the Arizal was born in Yerushalayim. They still have the house that he was born in. He went down to Egypt. And then he went up to Tzfas. And why did he go up to Tzfas? He says, because he came to the gates of Yerushalayim and he saw Yoshka standing on the Harbayas. And he felt that that was Metame Yerushalayim and he went up to Tzfas. And he says, why did he go to Tzfas? Listen to this. He says, because Tzfas is the only city that never had a church. Fascinating. Um, here's a fun story I'd like to share with you. I don't know if it counts as a share, but it's a fun story. I was, uh, I think my mother, when she was uh, 
more mobile. She used to come to Israel. She wanted to go touring. And we went, uh, went around Tzfas. Um, and uh, and the, um, the tour guide shared the following thing. They had dug up a crusader castle. I had most of it uncovered. Um, it was right next to the, uh, the Rhone Hotel, which I have stayed in. It's, uh, it's not four stars. It's, I don't think it's one star. I, I think when you get to those kind of hotels in Svas, they measure them by earthquakes. It was a two-earthquake hotel. Anyway, so this was right next to it. And um, it was a Knights Templar castle. Knights Templar. This is like a Catholic, you know, order. And uh, they had dug it all up. <clears throat> and I asked the following question. Chaim Saidor was our tour guide. He's also the head of the Tzfas Foundation. I said, was there a chapel in that castle? And you know what he said to me? He says, it's the strangest thing. They've dug up almost the entire castle. They can't find a chapel in a Catholic knight order, the Knights Templar. They couldn't find a Catholic chapel inside of the castle. I told this over to Rabbi Misha. He wasn't impressed at all. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. He, he, he had a Masorah that, that the Arizal said so. So who cares if, if, if I'm right or wrong? <laughs> it's of no interest to him, you know? But, uh, but it, was, it was a place, yeah? So Davka, during this time of year, and he would always bring that there was a Masorah, that, you know, there were three days of darkness that came when we translated the Torah into, uh, into Greek uh, from 8th, 9th, and 10th of Teves. And what were the, there were also tragedies that happened. On the 8th, that's when we were ordered to translate the Torah into Greek. On the 10th, that was the Sarabat Teves. And on the 9th, so the Slichais says Ezra HaSaifa died. And in um, and in Masech HaSeifim, it says there was a tragedy. It doesn't want to list what it is. And Rabbi Moshe would always say, that was the birthday of Yashka. It created this tumma. It created this, this uh, power in the world. Yeah, this, this terrible tumma. So um, I guess maybe since this is episode 13, you know, by the Goyim, uh, 13 is an unlucky number. Not by us, of course. Yeah, we, we, we do the Echad uh, Miodea going up to 13. Moshe would always point out that we'd go up to 13 and then go back down to Echad because Echad Begematria is 13 and it's also Ahava. So by us, 13, Yudkim Omidos, 13 is a beautiful number. But okay, maybe I was in America with the Gersh influence, so it's episode 13, so it's got a certain, you know. Maybe that's why I felt the need to be able to clarify these issues. But I don't want anyone to be offended because this is a show. Because this is a show. It'll include all kinds of things. Yeah. As we already mentioned, magic tricks, recipes. Yeah. Songs, dance. Okay. As it happens, I also like to learn Torah. So I would like to share with you a Torah thought on this week's Parsha Ve'era. Not because this is a shira, but simply because it's one of the things that interests me. These are a few of my favorite things. Thank you. My personal trainer just came back from Switzerland, so I guess I feel obligated to throw that in. Anyway, he went skiing. But, um, uh, Pasha's favor. We start the Makos. 
Yeah. And Moshe Rabbeinu turns the water into dam, and the uh, magicians say, that's nothing, we can do that too. And they turn the water into dam. How that works is a little complicated, but okay. And he brings Svardaya, and they say, ah, the old, the old frog trick, we can do that. And they also bring up Svardaya. And then he hits the dust, and it turns into kinim, it turns into lice. And he says, he says, the Khartumim, the magicians, they say, Etzpe Elokim he. Etzpe Elokim. This is the finger of God. Now let me ask you a question. They acknowledge that this is a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That is the end of the story. There's nothing else to discuss at this point. Etzpe Elokim. This is the finger of God. Magic does not work on something smaller than a barley corn. Trust me. Those of us who uh, are magicians, yeah. Uh, so working with barley corns, very difficult, very hard to, you know, try to palm them and, you know, deal with the different things that go with that, yeah. Anyway, but uh, okay, okay, it's not magic. So that's the end of the story. Why are we still here? You see the Khartoumim are still there when it comes to, um, uh, when it comes to Shechin, because it says they can't stand before him before the Shechin. That means they were still playing. Why are they still playing? It's the end of the story. So there's several approaches. I want to I share one approach with you because I think it ties in with everything we've been talking about. I don't know what we've been talking about, okay? This is not a share. Just thoughts, random thoughts. Anyway, um, but I'll, uh, it's an idea that I think is so important. <clears throat> when the... Seventy hachamim had to translate the Torah into Greek. They locked them in seventy different rooms, so there shouldn't be collusion. Yeah, you heard about the Russian collusion. This is the Greek collusion. They didn't want the hachamim colluding on behalf of the Greeks. They wanted everybody so that they couldn't consult what to do. And miraculously, everybody came out with the same exact translation. Rabbi Moshe Shapiro once said, that's nothing. Put 70 Chachamim in one room and see if they can come out with the same translation. That'll be something. But okay, everybody made certain changes. And then Gemara explains what the changes are. The first change it made was, instead of saying, Bereshis bara Elokim they changed it to Elokim bara Bereshis why? Because they were afraid that the non-Jews would decide that there was a master god called Bereshus. And Bereshus bara esa Elohim, the gods, the pantheon of gods, whether we're talking about the Greek gods, whether we're talking about the Roman gods, whether we're talking about the Norse gods, where there's a whole bunch of them. There's the god of fire and the god of water and the god of air and the god of wine and the god of grain. And they've got a god for everybody, yeah? So they put together a whole collection of gods, yeah? Thor was the, was the god of thunder, lightning, yeah? And in fact, you may not realize that one of our days were named after him, Thor's Day. You shouldn't realize that, yeah? So... Uh, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's power. There's power, that's what they thought. Beratius, the master god, created um, uh, Elohim. 
and the Shemaim and the Yaretz. And from that point onwards, you only hear about Elohim. The various Elohim, which is Lashon Rabim, right? Gods, right? Who are running the world that, that the Master God put into place. The Egyptians believed in a Master God. The Master God created all of the gods. And Kenim was the first Makkah that came without Hasra. Before, before Dam, Kush Baruch Hu tells Moshe, go down to the riverside and tell Paro, let my people go, or bam. By the Tzvardea, by the frogs, he says, go down and tell my people, otherwise, bam. By Kenim, he didn't say anything. He just hit the dirt, bam, all the lice came. And that was true of the third, the sixth, and the ninth Makkah. At the end of each set, the Tzach Adash, yeah, so he would, on the, th- on, the, on the third one, third, sixth, ninth, he wouldn't give any warning, it just came. So what happened? In essence, the Chartumim said, this is Etzba Elokim. This isn't Hashem. Moshe came in and he goes to Pyro in the first part and he says, Hashem says, let my people go. Yudke Vavke. And he says, who is this God? I don't know this God. I've got my big book of gods. You know, and I've got Zeus and I've got Jupiter and I've got Odin and I've got, you know, all the different gods and all the different departments. And Yudke Vavke, I never heard of this guy. Moshe says, don't look for a living person in a cemetery. Ooh. Ooh, give it to him. Yeah. Because uh, you have people dead. They're nothing. Open parentheses. This is a tangent. Yeah. It's more if you want to hang up now. You know, disconnect. You know. It's a tangent. Um, the, uh, I'll be better next week. But I'm just right now, I was so upset, you know, that somebody's going to come to me. I, I, I wasted his time. I was very, and, and, and capitals, very disappointed. Yeah, I, I was just a little upset. Okay, I don't know if that's coming across because I, I'm, I usually try to keep myself, you know, very professional and, you know, and, and emotionally, uh, you know, uh, equilibrium and, uh, you know, and, but unfortunately my medications ran out and so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little on edge right now. <laughs> anyway, but um, uh, so it was I heard a tape from an AJOB convention where David Cohen was asking questions and somebody asked, are we allowed if we have a day school? And they require us as part of the curriculum to teach mythology. Are we allowed to teach mythology? And Rav Cohen said, yes. And listen to the reason why. He says, when we came back from Bavel, we took on the names from, the, from Bavel of the Babylonian gods. And you can see already in Megillus Esther and other places, we use these names. You know, Tammuz was a god. You know, the, these, these were the names of gods, as in fact we do in the American calendar. You know, June was named after Juno. March was named after Mars, the god of war, because people went into winter quarters, and so the battles would begin again, uh, what they called in World War II uh, the spring offensive. You know, you expect that when, you know, March is the beginning of war, and so it's dedicated to the god of war, Mars, you know. So he says, why did we take the names of their gods? Because once they were proved powerless... To use their names is stam machachayzik, making fun. Anybody believes, you know, in Venus or Aphrodite or or uh, or Hercules 
or any of these people as, as Ajax or Comet or any Brillo, any of these people, we think of them as, as, as gods? Of course not. And by using them, we just mach at them. So, uh, so he says, for sure you can study it, because the whole thing is, is, you know, you can't be a god and belong to the Avengers, okay? That's just, uh, if you appreciate the reference, fine. And if not, then, you know, there's nothing I can do for you. But, because um, this is not a shear, and it's legitimate for me to talk about that if I want. Anyway, um, but uh, it's tough. It's, it's a Mach and Chayzik. So, um, uh, so he says, who are these? Who is this god? Who is Yud Kei so the Charatumim didn't say this is Yad Hashem, Yud Kevavke. Yeah? Hashem says that by the Dever. Yad Hashem, Yud Kevavke, will be beyond all the animals. But it doesn't say that. Yeah? It doesn't say that over here. So they said, Moshe and Aaron are just opportunists. They're magicians like we're magicians. They can't produce Kenim any more than we can. However, the master god Elohim, who created the heavens and the earth and put the gods in place, for some reason unbeknownst to us, unbeknownst to us decided to turn the um, dust into lice. I don't know why, but they didn't do it. Otherwise, they would have warned us about it beforehand. But there's this master god who runs things. It's interesting that, that they're willing to acknowledge that, okay, you know, pantheon of gods, you know, they had to come from someplace. But there has to be a master. There has to be an infinite God who's in charge of everything. Yeah. I forgot the entire thing, but there was a this poem that was written, How Odd of God to Choose the Jews. And I think it was Agdenesh, I think, because he was Jewish. I'm sure somebody will write me and correct me. Um, and I forget exactly the quote, unfortunately, but uh, artist still to choose a Jew to be your God. We mamish took uh, a Jew and said, you are our new God. Yeah? We decided to make a God out of, out of a Jew, out of Yashka. Yeah? It's a strange concept. There was this Jewish kid who got thrown out of every yeshiva. Every yeshiva he went to, he got thrown out of. And the father sent him to public school, he got thrown out of public school. He didn't know what to do anymore. Took him to a Catholic school. Put him in a Catholic school. And from that point onwards, he was the best behaved boy. He didn't become a Catholic, but he became very... He went to all his classes, he did everything he was supposed to do, he was very well behaved. So finally, somebody asked him, what happened? He says, they brought me in the first day. And they showed me this guy hanging on a cross and say, see what happened to the last Jewish kid who misbehaved? <laughs> you think it? So they understand that there's, that there's a creator, capital C. They understand that there's an infinite source from which everything has to come from. It's the, as the Rambam explains in Hilchas of it's the, it's the intermediary. So that's how Avodah got started. He said, well, if a Kodesh Baruch decided to give cover to the sun, so then maybe we should also give cover to the sun. It was the intermediaries. That's what, that's what went in over there. There was a process. The whole Esamakos whole is a process of how far can I rationalize away my understanding? And here, when I see something happen that I know cannot be Kishif, I have to come up with another explanation. But it's it's... They're even willing to acknowledge that Kodesh Baruch Hu 
on some level, as long as he doesn't get involved in my life. There are people who are willing to recognize there's a God who created the world, but that he's involved in my life. And that's one of the messages that the Esomachos come to teach us is not only is he the creator and controls things, but he is involved personally in our life. Those are the thoughts I wanted to share with you today. I have more thoughts I wanted to share with you, and I will share some other thoughts as the weeks go through. If you're looking for a share, it's so interesting that, that uh, in the email he says, he goes, well, there are plenty of shows out there. You know what? There are plenty of shiurim. Go on to any time. Somebody told me that when they post my podcast, it doesn't stay on the new shiurim for too long because there are, there are dozens, hundreds of shiurim that keep getting added all the time. There are plenty of shiurim. This is me sharing my thoughts in a non-sheer um, form that I would call a show. Anyway, if you want to find out more about uh, uh, the show in general, uh, rebiolowski.com slash podcast. If you want to comment on this particular show, go to rebiolowski.com slash podcast slash 13. Um, if you want to hear about some of my more upcoming events, or if you would actually, uh, you know, like I say, the whole last trip was only because of you. I hope... I hope that I haven't alienated too many people because I love you all. I just, I have, I have to, I can't have someone come with a taina to me. Not a taina. Genevis das. You said this was a sheer. It's not a sheer. And I said from the first one it was, okay, I'm repeating myself. RabbiOlowski.com slash events. And if you would like to contact me, because as you see, I pay close attention to every comment, every comment. And sometimes I comment on the comment. Yeah? RabbiOlowski.com rabbiolowski.com slash contact. And uh, that's it for this week, my friends. Next week is Parsha's Bow, which is my Bar Mitzvah Parsha. There's a better than even chance I'm going to read my Bar Mitzvah speech, which is not what you expect because it was in a conservative synagogue. Heavenly Father, today I am a man. But it doesn't make a difference because this is my show that I can talk about whatever I want. And I think I'm going to talk about my Bar Mitzvah, my, my Bar Mitzvah next week. I have a lot of things to say in Parsha's Bow. I have a guy in my daf, Yomishir, and he says he's got three boys. One was born on Gimel Shvat, one was born on Dalit Shvat. I was born on Gimel Shvat. And they both had Parsha's bow. And one was born on Yud Zion Nisan, Chalamoed, when they lane from Parsha's bow. He says, all three of my sons lane from Parsha's bow. Look at that. It's Mamish, the Bar Mitzvah Parsha of Bar Mitzvah Parshas. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And this is the Robert Arlovsky Show. Mm-hmm.